Did you know that Rogue One takes place seconds before Star Wars A New Hope? We've got all sorts of fun information and more coming up. We got lots of info. Let's rock and roll. It's Did You Know with Rhino. Hello and welcome to this episode of Did You Know with Rhino. In case you didn't know, I'm Rhino. This is my show and I know exactly what you're thinking. Are they about to do an entire episode based on Star Wars Rogue One? The answer is yes. Yes, we are. Here at Did You Know with Ryan O, the podcast, we talk about all sorts of fun things pertaining to pop culture, trivia. We even talk about history, science. Uh, we, we might even talk about theology or astrology or, you know, Star Warsology, all sorts of fun things. We might even talk about midichlorians, but we're not going to do it alone. Since it is Star Wars, I've asked my amazing friend, Mr. John Doggett, to join us for another amazing in-depth conversation on what is the War of Stars. So, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Doggett. Hello, sir. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, how is your 2021 treating you? It's going pretty good so far. Uh, good to talk to you again. And enjoying the summer, winter weather in South Carolina. <laughs> summer, winter weather. It makes me want to get, like, like iced tea but like spike it simultaneously yeah something's a little it needs a little bit of something in your cup with uh with 80 and rain when it should be like eight and snowing but we live in the south so here we are it just gives us more excuse to have barbecue and fried chicken exactly which is weird because everyone up north assumes that barbecue is like like putting things on a grill Whereas we know it is like marinating things on a grill. <laughs> yeah, if you mention northern barbecue down here, you'll you'll probably get thrown out of the restaurant. Yeah, because they assume yeah, I'd like to have a barbecue, which is like hot dogs and burgers. That's as far as barbecue goes. <laughs> yeah, no, down here you better have ribs or brisket or pork or all of the above. All that goodness and lots of side dishes. I want all the sides. Like right now, I could go for a mac and cheese and uh, pulled pork. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, I just did uh, some work for one of my coworkers on her car, and she paid us in dry rubbed, smoked barbecue short ribs with homemade corn pudding, homemade baked beans, and homemade barbecue sauce, and a red velvet cake. That was a good payment. Ooh. Red velvet cake. Uh, I like red velvet cake um, with like chocolate chips. Oh, I haven't tried that. Like I'll, white chocolate. I chips. like the nice. I like the cr the cream cheese frosting. It's my favorite part of that because it's not too sweet. It's just good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and the problem with like red velvet is like you only you only had it a little bit at a time, so like a slice is good. Yeah. But it's like, you don't feel bad about it. Unlike some cake is too sweet for me, but red velvet with, with the frosting, that's frosting I can handle. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've been watching the Great British Baking Show lately, and I've been learning about all sorts of different um, like frostings and ganaches and like 
and it, it it's kind of chill and and calm like the, the stakes aren't that crazy and everybody's all happy and polite and delightful with each other and and I'm learning uh but I'm also lazy and don't want to bake <laughs> I was gonna say have you actually taken any of your learning and, and, and made something yet the last time I baked something was um, a birthday cake for Rachel and that was about a uh, six months ago well, it's not too bad. Uh, at least it's been in the last year. <laughs> and before that was pretzels. Nice. Can't go wrong with pretzels. My homemade pretzels and beer cheese are amazing. <laughs> you should probably make some more of those. I should, but I need company in order to appreciate them more. Yeah, I guess you uh, wouldn't be so good to eat them all yourself. Well, I could, but you know, I'd have to run <laughs> afterwards or go on a bike ride or something. <laughs> And that leads us back to, ah, I don't really want to do anything. Yeah, I'd rather just, you know, stay at home and watch movies instead, but good. Exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of movies, this leads us into our, our first topic, like we always do, which is answering um, our email, known as Ryan-O and the Mailbox of Doom, where I try to not get squished by a boulder. In, in doing so, our question that we asked a long time ago was, which costume from a movie do you wish you owned? And let's see. Oh. Let's see, I got a couple here. We got Iron Man, um, Mark L. Let me look up which one Iron Man Mark L is. Iron Man Mark L is... The one from uh, Infinity War. Oh, okay. That's a solid choice. Yep, the one with, with the the, a- the attack on Gr- Greenwich Village, Village it says. <laughs> gotcha. So he has... Does that have the nanites? I think it does, because eventually he runs out of nanites while he's in the Moon of Titan. That's correct, yes. That's a good suit. Uh, let's see, what else we got? We got, uh, speaking of suits, someone said Jim Carrey's um, suit from the from Batman Returns, not the the leotard, but his actual three piece suit. That hey, it's a classy look. It modeled after Frank Gorshin's, because um, he originally didn't want to wear a leotard either. So he he said, "Give me an alternate costume as well." And so that's how they made the three piece suit for the Batman uh, sixty six show. Nice. I'd I'd want it too, like because the one I had was uh, based off of Arkham City. I think, so. yeah, yes, that's with a giant question mark. It like that. Yeah. yeah, okay. So that's as far as I got. Um, let's see. The next one we got here. Someone said Catwoman, but they weren't very specific as to which Cat Catwoman one they'd want. And are we seeing Ryan in a Catwoman suit? Because I, I mean. That would be a, that would be a pretty uh pretty good look for you there. I mean, you could you could have like hair coming out of the cleavage, <laughs> and uh, I could just you know purr like create an OnlyFans account. <laughs> yeah, just 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 have me making puns about everything being yep. perfect. <laughs> there we go. I can see the dollar come the dollars coming in already. Yeah, every time they send me a tip, I give another cat pun. 
<laughs> I think this needs to happen. I think I need to have the costume first, but I'd rather <laughs> spend money on the Riddler one instead. Probably a good choice. Uh, let's see. Someone here says Invisible Man, which is a great joking answer. <laughs> hey, well, when somebody gets invisibility tech, let us know. Uh, kind of like the the Blumhouse Invisible Man from like two years ago, I think. Oh, okay. I think that's a good think one. I've seen that one. In, in that yeah. one, the Invisible Man basically was using cloaking technology, kind of like oh, okay. in Die Another Day, where they had thousand cameras on it, and then it could project on the other side. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, that would be pretty cool. So that'd be a fun one. This one says um, Batman um, from Batman Returns. All right. Yeah. Let's see Batman Returns. So Batman Returns, that would be a Michael Keaton's costume. Okay, yeah. I was like, as long as it's not nipple Batman, we're okay. <laughs> no, nipple Batman is a Batman and Robin, and that's uh, George Clooney. That's that's George Clooney. So you could have an espresso with Batman if you wanted to. <laughs> of course, he would never make it. Alfred would make it for him. That's true. Alfred, press an espresso button. Yes, sir. <laughs> as he's five Still feet for- away from it. Shall I froth your milk too, sir? You might as well at this point, Alfred. <laughs> the next person said um, Elise from Assassin's Creed or Yennefer, uh, which is uh, basically from the Witcher. Wi- mm-hmm. Or Marion Ravenwood, um, her Nepal costume from uh, from Raiders. Uh, okay. Yeah. Those, those are good choices. Those are all fun. Someone said Hulkbuster Iron Man. All right. Another one said the red dress from Gone with the Wind. Classic. Um, let's see. Spider-Man's outfit. The one that shrinks to his person. So I think that's from um, Homecoming. I think so. Yeah, because that it was his upgrade from... Uh, the uh, the sweats, <laughs> which I would take the sweats at this point. Oh yeah, they're comfy. They looked very comfy. Uh, let's see, we got anything that um that Queen Amidala wears in the Phantom Menace. Someone said a, a Pizza Planet <laughs> hey. delivery boy outfit. <laughs> uh, Spider Man's Far From Home costume. Um, Terminator's jacket. Ooh, nice. And then another one is a Power Rangers costume from Power Ranger the Power Rangers the movie, preferably the blue one. There you go. Yeah, so that's our questions of what costumes from a movie do you wish you owned? So, so John, which costume do you wish you owned? Uh, I will take some Obi Wan. Jedi robes, probably from Attack of the Clones. Okay. Yeah. So, the, the, trying to figure out what the difference between Attack of the Clones um, Obi Wan outfit and um, Revenge of the Sith Obi Wan. So let's see, Revenge. I think they're about the same. I so, think. So I'm typing in Revenge of the Sith Obi Wan, going into image, and it's still his. <laughs> 
like brown undershirt with his beige tunic. Mm-hmm. Does he add the cloak in one of them? He, he does the add the cloak. Just kind of comes and goes. It, it does come and go depending on what yeah. he's doing. So it's gone whenever he's fighting, but it's there at the beginning and at the end when he's on Tatooine. Gotcha. So that's Revenge oh, yeah. of the Sith. And so Attack of the Clones, Obi-Wan, is similar, but the the undershirt is um, is beige, not brown. And so basically he's wearing like a short sleeve tunic with like a mm-hmm. long white shirt underneath, as opposed to the long sleeve tunic um, from Attack of, or from Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I like the short sleeves a little better. I think that's why it allows you to fight a little bit more. And of course, this is the movie where e- Ewan McGregor becomes Detective Jesus, as we used to call him. <laughs> yes, I'm also a fan of Clone Wars, Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, also a good choice. Basically, if you dress like Obi-Wan, you're doing good. Even with the, the single braided ponytail from uh, Phantom Menace? Hey, it was a look. It was a look. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good look, but you're right. It was a look. <laughs> I'm trying to think of which direction I would go in. Um, see, Star Trek would be easy to do. Um if your pajamas ever show up, then there you go. Oh, l- listen. So, so I ordered um, Star Trek pajamas from Star Trek the um, the Next Generation just because I thought it'd be awesome to be able to have them and be a part of Starfleet. Um, so I so I got some, um, or I should say I ordered them about a month ago. Apparently, it takes a long time to. Uh... Or Starfleet delivery to uh, to come back to Earth. It, it might be a little busy right now. It should have arrived December 4th. Yikes. It showed up <laughs> New Year's Eve. Hey, hey, at least it showed up in the right year. Y- yeah. I guess. <laughs> I <maybe>. guess. <laughs> so, I, so I finally got it. It's a yellow outfit because they were all out of sold out of reds. And the blue ones were too small. So I figured I could look good in the next generation yellow outfit, which are, which I think is the equivalent of a red shirt from the original series. Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, because they flipped it. They basically reversed it from gold being command to gold being not in command <laughs> which is probably because uh they decided that jean um jean-luc picard also oh, known looked, as patrick stewart better. looked great in red he does and he would look weird wearing gold not gonna lie because there are images of um patrick stewart um as is jean Luke. so jean Luke picard um in a in a blue outfit because that would also look weird he was in an episode where he basically um, won It's a Wonderful Life to himself and kind of decided oh, what would happen. Right. And so he was a junior lieutenant with Worf as his superior. And he's wearing like a blue science outfit from being in stellar cartography. <laughs> I forgot about that episode. 
And then again, you know, there's a few episodes to keep track of. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, seven years worth. But you never see him in the red or sorry, and anything else besides the red um, un- unless you go into the movies where he's got like the red undershirt because of the Cardassian War. Right, right. But I did like his um, his uniform that they showed in flashbacks in Picard. That's got just the red shoulders. Okay, I still need to watch that show. I haven't watched it yet. It's worth it. But you need to nice. kind of binge it simultaneously because instead of it being episodic, it's very much serial. Gotcha. A new direction for Star Trek. <laughs> uh, yeah, except for they did it again in Discovery. Oh, that's right. Yeah, my coworkers watch has watched both of those, and she's like, "You need to watch those. They're really good." I prefer Discovery over Picard, um, just because season two of Discovery was amazing. Um, what they did with with the story, they kind of one is a slow burn, and then two starts off running, and it becomes <laughs> a mystery until the end. And I always guess because I'm, you know, I've seen enough <laughs> but it was worth it picard though it was just a slow crawl until the last episode gotcha yeah all i know about discovery is that their ship runs on magic space mushrooms which sounds pretty cool yeah the magic space mushrooms kind of take them into a different um it's kind of like nightcrawler's teleportation where he goes into a different dimension for a hot second and then ends up in back in their dimension Nice. Except for nice. when they come out, it doesn't smell like brimstone like when Nightcrawler does it. Yeah, that's helpful. <laughs> One of my favorite things um, is what it was in X-Men Evolution. And I think Kitty Pride said, ew, what smells like eggs? And it was uh, it was Nightcrawler because he had just <laughs> teleported. <laughs> he's like, sorry about that. Because, you know, he's he's a kid and he's a teenager, so he's already going to smell bad because what teenage boy doesn't smell? Exactly. And can't, you can't wear extra deodorant to mask that one. Mm-mm. Or there's no amount of, like, axe that could cover <laughs> up brimstone. <laughs> could you imagine him just spraying axe while in the other dimension and coming back and smelling like a kid who's been in the garage too long or something. <laughs> yeah, he smells like a guy who was at like Comic-Con for forever. <laughs> uh, That'd be great. Yeah, so so yeah, so I'm trying to think of like which which outfit I would 100% like need. I think it's going to be um Aquaman's from the last scene of of Aquaman. Yeah, that that's pretty majestic. With with the gold plated chest and like the mm-hmm. The, the gold belt and the green boots. That would be pretty amazing. I'm staring at it right now because I have a statue <laughs> of it just to the right of my computer. <laughs> there you go. Because doing Back to the Future would be just like super easy. and. Oh, yeah. I could wear that every day, but like you can't dress up like Aquaman every day. Exactly. And you can't dress and up I mean, like there's... Obi-Wan every day. That's, I mean, you could. You could. You'd get some weird looks, but I mean, you could dress up like the Mandalorian and also get even more looks. Yeah, I mean, there's any any number of sci-fi armor that would also be really great to have. 
But at least if you're wearing armor and a helmet, you're also wearing a mask. So that's safe <laughs> for what's going on nowadays. Exactly. Extra Master Chief wants you to stay safe against coronavirus. Yeah, but he also like was injected with 5,000 different types of drugs when he was a kid. Yeah, if if you've become a Spartan, you're probably immune to coronavirus. Because of all like the his steroids even have steroids. <laughs> I was watching um, Reach because they have their animated version of the book, and oh, that's right. Seeing them go through that process and they're like screaming like ah, and then afterwards like nope, I can take it. It's kind of just like. Um, in Captain America, where Steve <laughs> Rogers is in the thing. Nope, keep going. <laughs> now there would be a crossover. Master Chief versus Captain America. I think they did that before. Did they? Let's see, Master, I think it was called Superpower Beatdown. Okay. Master oh, Chief yeah. versus Captain, yeah, here it is. Master Chief versus Captain America, Superpower Beatdown, Episode 11. It came out six years ago. Well, we're a little late to the party on that one, I guess. I'm okay with it. <laughs> it's still a good idea. Yeah, I, I would, like, after this, I might just watch it again. <laughs> and they have an alternative ending. So I guess in one, one person wins, and in the other, the other person wins. Or the same person wins, just in a different way. <laughs> I'll have to find out and let you know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, speaking of other things that people have been trying to find out about, at the very beginning I talked about Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So I think since I've got you here, we should talk about it. Hey, let's do that. So, so Rogue One, a Star Wars story, came out in the year 2016, directed by Gareth Edwards, um, written... By um, by Chris Weitz, Tony Gilroy, also by John Knoll and Gary Whitta, based on characters by George Lucas, starring the lovely Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, Ben Mendelsohn, and a whole bunch of other awesome people with music by Michael Giacchino. So immediately um, from watching um, Rogue One, I've assumed you've probably watched it like you know, three or four times since it came out five years ago. At least. <laughs> so, so what are some of your initial thoughts um, about the overall movie? So Rogue One is the most original feeling. Like It's got the most concurrent feeling with the original trilogy out of any of the Star Wars that's come out since the original trilogy. Save for the Mandalorian now, but that's a whole other category. Um, but yeah, out of all these movies that have come out, even the prequels, sequels, it's definitely the most, to me, it's the most Star Wars-y, like, hey, we're actually fighting a Star Wars <laughs> movie, to me. When it first came out, because um, at this point, if people haven't seen it, just stop the podcast right now, go watch <laughs> it, it's on Disney+, Plus. come back, and then continue this conversation, because we are going to spoil the crap out of this. Oh yeah, I, I already spoiled like the the last second um, to everybody in the opening of the podcast by saying this movie basically takes place seconds before um, the next movie. 
Exactly. Yeah, if you if you've seen A New Hope, you know how this ends. <laughs> and it and it goes in like the same sort of like feel to it because the first Star Wars felt like you were in the middle of a battle when you first started the movie. Mm-hmm. And and this one ends with that battle. <laughs> yep. Exactly. It's just the the seamless near seamless transition into A New Hope is like I was like, holy crap, they actually did it. <laughs> Wasn't expecting it to be that. I knew it was right before it, but I didn't realize it was right before it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the movie um, takes place um, just as they're basically building the Death Star because of Ben. Not Ben. Is it? Uh, Mads Mikkelsen. No. Yeah. Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen's character, who is... Um, uh, Galen Erso is uh, the father of Jen Erso, which is our our main character, Felicity Jones, and he's the one who basically uh, it's like building the atomic bomb. Um, he's he's building the the Death Star because he's the best scientist for the Empire. Yep, he is. He's the brains behind that operation. And with every good brain behind an operation, there's somebody telling them what to do. And that's where Ben Mendelsohn's character comes in. As a director Krennic, um, which is a super high-leveled uh, imperial, imperial officer slash scientist, apparently the scientists wear white, and all the officers wear like a dark gray, and their spies wear black. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, Krennic, Krennic uh, has a pretty big view of himself. He's got his cool cape. He's got his commandeering attitude and he thinks uh he thinks he's uh the bee's knees which he's he's pretty awesome you know based on his attitude and you know he's he's so high up it'd be like if my boss decided that they wanted to um you know recreate a dinosaur toy out of nothing yep then guess what ryan you're working on dinosaur toys apparently i am (laughs) <laughs> because in this situation, I guess I would be Galen Erso, or I'd probably be more like Diego Luna. <laughs> <laughs> probably, you'd be sabotaging something in the background, <laughs> or or like uh, uh, even worse, I'd probably um, be be like um, um, Chirrut Imwe. I am one with <laughs> I am one with the dinosaurs, and the dinosaurs are one with me. <laughs> There we go. Yeah, that's a the Rogue One has great characters. Unfortunately, you only get one movie with these characters because, um, yeah, some things happen to no uh, pretty much all of them. Yeah, like like spoiler out of all the characters that you see, like out of all the the top build characters, every single one's going to die. <laughs> yep. So if you like the hope. Hope you got some quality time, but that's why you rewatch the movie so you can see your favorite characters again. And so, like we we also get Saw Gerrera, um, which is Forrest Whitaker, who is a rebel extremist. And and about the same time this came out, they were doing um, the Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so another good part about Rogue One is it does tie in super well to the Rebels TV show, which if you're watching Rebels, you need to watch Clone Wars. Uh, they, you need to watch Clone Wars. You need to have watched all the prequels. So it's just all... And then you might as well watch The Mandalorian because then it all ties together. And it's really quite nice how that all works out. 
and if they watch Clone Wars, there's an order that they need to watch the Clone Wars in. I recommend watching it not as the episodes dropped, but in <laughs> yes. in there's like a a timeline order. So find it. There's like six lists out there. Yeah, because otherwise they jump around. Because otherwise you get really confused and you're like, wait, this character's dead. Surprise, they're not yet. <laughs> yeah, I especially with the the clones, it becomes super confusing and creepy because you don't know what's going on. Yeah, you're like, did we clone the clones or what's going on? <laughs> nope, it's the same dude. So, uh, so you get Forrest Whitaker. Um, he's a uh, he's a dude who basically raise Jin because um um because Galen was forced into working on the Death Star for forever and ever and ever. His poor wife, man. Yeah, she had a she had a, a bad go of it. And in the first scene of the movie you you see her and then uh well she tries to stand up to Krennic and his really cool stormtroopers, the Death Troopers. Oh Death Troopers by, might be some of the best Imperial troopers. Because you don't you don't hear them talk because they're talking internally to each other. Mm-hmm. You just hear the the like walkie talkie feedback, and it's really cool. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's pretend you're one and I'm one, and we have to have a conversation about pizza. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll start. Oh. <laughs> And that was Rhino Slice of Pie uh, Theater, folks. That's what you come for. <laughs> oh, that'll keep the people coming in. That's for sure. So the movie kind of fast forwards into us learning about Cassian Andor, who is um, Diego Luna, and he's a member of the Rebel Alliance, um, which we know all about the Rebel Alliance from either watching the Rebels cartoon or from the second and third, or sorry, episodes five and six. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you get, well, you, you can, you know, there's a Rebel Alliance in episode four as well. Yeah, I but mean, they don't go into details. That's true. Yeah. You don't get the scope of, oh, there's actually more than these random people on a moon. Yeah, because you, you learn about like Gold Squadron and Red Squadron and like their little tiny meeting towards the end um, about the their, their Death Star trench run, but that's mm-hmm. that's about all they talk about. So so here you get more information about what's up, and you get Mon Mothma, the leader leader of the Rebel Alliance, and a whole council of other Rebel leaders that you're like, oh, there's more of them. Look at this. <laughs> and in true fashion, she gives him orders to to you know, bring and rescue um, Galen uh, so he can learn more about the Death Star and his, and like his, his direct superior, who's like her, like, you know, underling says, no, kill his ass. Yeah. It's like, we don't need more crazy Imperial super weapons coming around. So uh, yeah, take him out. And, and his, um his assistant is K2SO voiced by the amazing Alan Tudyk. He might be, Besides R2-D2 might be the sassiest droid in any Star Wars film. Okay. 
film because Chopper's a whole other story. But yes, <laughs> uh, apparently Anthony Daniels was super mad um, because Alan Tudyk was allowed to play the character in the comfort of a motion capture suit, whereas Daniels <laughs> had to endure years of discomfort and injuries in his metal costume. Yeah, I was gonna say he, Alan Tudyk definitely got the. Uh, he wouldn't quite fit into the K2SO suit because he's a little bit more uh, stylized than C3PO just looks like a shiny man. <laughs> and, and apparently Daniels uh, apparently cursed at Tudyk after Rogue One's premiere. Tudyk said uh, later that getting an FU from Daniels was one of the highest compliments he'd ever received. <laughs> he's going to treasure that forever. Oh, as he should. Uh, and so this movie... Um, since R2-D2 and C-3PO do have a brief cameo, um, Anthony Daniels is the only actor to appear in every single Star Wars movie. Hey, somebody had to be in all of them. He even appeared in Solo as a minor character. That's true. He does pop up. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> I forgot that he does. <laughs> every single one. <laughs> And if we make more Star Wars, he's probably going to be in those two. <laughs> Unless they take place um, before the birth of Anakin Skywalker. That's true. If we get a if we get a High Republic movie, then uh, that'll be a that'll be the first one without three PO. Wow. I'm all for it. Just give us something new. Um, which yes. is what this movie definitely did because here you're on a planet, um, uh, Jedha which has kyber crystals, which we learn are the things that power like uh, lightsabers and whatnot, but also powers the Death Star. Yeah. And uh, we get to learn about, we get to learn about the force, but not necessarily through a Jedi's eyes. Yeah. Through um, Chirrut Inway and his mercenary best friend, Baze Malbus. Who are basically force, force monks and protectors of the wills, correct? Yes. Yeah, which, uh, which the wills is basically the kyber crystals and whatnot. Which was a, which was an original concept by George Lucas back when he was thinking up Star Wars was, uh, wasn't it, wasn't the wills part of like one of the titles of the movies? I think so. That sounds super familiar. Yeah, they kind of they reused that original idea and actually applied it to because that was, I want to say that was George Lucas describing describing the Force before he you know made the movie. From from here it says um, his original um, working title of uh, the story was Star Wars from the Journal of the Wills. The Wills were beings who narrated the Star Wars saga to pupils, explaining as having happened a long time ago in the galaxy far far away. There we go. So that's a nice callback to uh, to an original idea. Uh, and, and so, so the the empire pretty much mined the entire planet from it, um, from all the the kyber, and wanted to destroy a rebel base simultaneously. So they blow up a city um, where uh, they rescued. So Cassian rescued Jin, and also rescued a. Um, defective pilot from the Empire who knows where her father's at. But also you get Chenwick, K2, and Baze, and they all escape on Cassian's ship. Which, the U-Wing was a really cool addition, because that's just a 
another cool rebel ship to add to our arsenal of other cool rebel ships. <laughs> which, which is basically an elongated A-wing, um, but with wings that flap out. Mm-hmm. And you can put a lot more people in it. <laughs> yeah, which we don't get to see it much um, because when they get to um, the planet that has um, that has Urso on it... Um, it's a little bit of a rocky landing. <laughs> yeah, and they decided to steal um, an Imperial ship and, and you know, uh, in, escape the planet simultaneously. And, and Jen meets her father while uh, also seeing him die. But before learning of that, she learns about the plan um, to, to kill the Death Star because he, having worked on the entire thing, created a, a little defect in the Death Star. Yep. The, she learned the Achilles heel, just one little spot, and you can blow up the whole thing as K2 uh, <laughs> you hit it in the spot and the whole system goes down. <laughs> That's exactly what she said, right? <laughs> I, I think so, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so they, they get from there, um, they escape, and they try to meet up with the, the, the rebels, and they're like, we're not going to go, but you can go. So their entire plan is to go on to this planet, trying to think of what the planet's called. Um, oh. Scarif. Yes. Yeah, so they're they're being rebels, rebel rebels. <laughs> they're, they're being rebels, and how they created the the thing Rogue One was like, well, are, who's who's operating this vehicle? You can't leave. I'm a what's what's your call sign? We are Rogue. Like, come on, uh, Rogue One. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's go with it. And then the birth of the, the first member of Rogue Squadron before there was a squadron. And and, and so like hearing. Rogue immediately um, from those of us who have played all the video games and and know of all the um, the alter like as known as the alternate universe now or the expanded oh. universe. Mm-hmm. Yes, the the Legends series of books and movies and games. And, well, not movies, books, comics, games, etc. And so, hearing all and, about this, you, you you think, sweet, we get to see more guys, and we do, eventually. We do. <laughs> Exactly, so in the form of Blue Squadron, though. And, and they, they find a way onto the planet, which is covered by an entire force field um, run by a small ship. Yep. So As they, you do. They managed to, uh, they managed to pull a, uh, a Return of the Jedi and bluff their way through the uh, the shield generator. and Kind of like a Trojan horse. Yeah, get down to the planet surface where it's a, a lovely tropical paradise. And and then they have to create a diversion. And then they have to find the data um, from the tower. So they sneak in there. But while they're finding the data, they have to realize that they have to connect the data to the tower. Um, but also they have to send information because the tower can't send data while the shield's up. That's a really, really good shield, apparently, that doesn't let anything through so once they're there and there's a giant attack that's when the rest of the fleet shows up to help kick some butt and we get more fish people hooray apparently they found um some footage um from the archives like unused and they use that stuff to actually have stuff from rogue leader and gold leader so a lot of the stuff you see is just um slightly doctored footage from the yeah. uh, the unused stuff, 
from from episode four. Yeah, because yeah, we get we get red leader and gold leader, and we get to figure out why Luke becomes red five. Yeah, you know, someone's got to go in order for you to take your spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was uh he wasn't quite so lucky, and uh, so you know, squadron opening. Here we go. <laughs> and and then you also got like blue blue leader and the, the the blue squad that happens too. Yeah, and all of most of blue squad makes it into the shield gate before it closes. Um, unfortunately, a couple of them didn't quite make it through, but uh, they lent some much needed help to the insurgent rebels on the ground. And that's when we definitely get the feeling of, okay, this is Star Wars. We got, like, troop landings. They're on the beach. It's crazy chaos down there. It was... It felt like more watching, like, an episode of Clone Wars or something where you have the actual troops duking it out than a Star Wars movie. All it was really missing was a was a massive uh, sword fight because that's what exactly. some of the Star Wars things uh, achieve. And, and so <laughs> then they finally, like, every member... Of the group slowly dying one by one as they get the information up yep. to the ship. They are all worthy sacrifices. They all did their jobs <laughs> just in the nick of time. And I love cases. when they took a warhammer, um, like a, a ship, and they knocked down a republic or an imperial star destroyer because it was like already lo- like it lost power. Yeah, they uh, you get to see ion cannons at work disabling a star destroyer and then they take the other ship and ram into that star destroyer and peel the top off the other star destroyer and it's, that was oh that was beautiful and it knocks <laughs> out the ship or the the shield allowing all the information to get stored onto the, the big vessel that they're at yeah admiral radis our our stand-in for admiral akbar gets the information then uh the rebels are like, "Hooray, we did it!" But at the same time, um, that that vessel also gets boarded by Darth yeah, Vader. <laughs> they're all ready to leave, and then, oh, <laughs> another star destroyer shows up and kind of uh, rains on their parade a little bit. So, so now we get to watch as a giant floppy disk gets transferred from point A to point B, while Vader is at point A chasing them to point B. <laughs> with absolute terror just seeing everyone scream and shout in sheer pain as he's flinging them across and stabbing them with his saber was like the darkest yet most awesome thing i saw in 2016 exactly because this is the one time where we see darth vader really being like darth vader that was that was peak Darth Vader. And so when we see him at the beginning of A New Hope, like he's probably tired from expelling <laughs> so much energy, massacring an entire ship. <laughs> yeah, because he, they he's making his way down the hallway, and they hand off at the last second as Vader's saber is going through the guy and the door, and then they uh, sneak away on. Guess what? Princess Leia's secret ship out of the inside of the big ship. Which we get to see her, which is, you know, played by her, her daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, you know, did the, the face reconstruction thing and shaboom. And there we have it. And we travel on to the next movie with hope. With hope.
<laughs> a new hope, if you will. Ooh, I just learned it was actually not her. It was a Norwegian actress, um, Ingvild Dyla. Oh, really? I thought they did have Billy stand in. Guess not. That's what they're saying. A Norwegian actress was face an archival audio of Carrie Fisher saying "Hope" from um, you know, "Help Me, Obi Wan Kenobi." You're my only hope. Huh. There we go. We learned something new today. Let's see what else do they do. Oh, so also the the movie features um, Peter Peter, Peter Cushing from Beyond the Grave. Yes, except minus the fuzzy slippers. Uh, he wore fuzzy slippers. So in the original trilogy, um, you know, Imperial officers have to wear those boots. They're like leather boots or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peter Cushing didn't really like the leather boots. So if you go back and watch the original movies, you'll notice that a lot of Tarkin's shots are from like the waist up or like mid thigh up. Because, in fact, he's not wearing the military boots. He's wearing fuzzy slippers. That is awesome. They use a body actor, um, Guy Henry, and got permission from um, Cushing's estate uh, to include him in the field in the film. And they apparently used countless hours of his footage to find suitable reference material to get the uh, to get the voice lines. Yep, and nice. and faces and whatnot. And so his mannerisms, including speaking, were studied by the creative team and applied to the digital Tarkin model. And um, His family um, had input right down to very small, subtle adjustments. (laughs) Which I think they did for being, you know, creating a digital reference of a person. But I think it looked pretty awesome. Some people are a little put off by that and a little weirded out. And I mean, it does have some... I mean, obviously you can tell it's not necessarily a real person, but it's pretty darn close. It looks... So watching that, it looks a lot better than when they did the 1997 um, THX remaster of uh, A New Hope, and you're going to see Jabba the Hutt, who doesn't look like he, uh, you know, fits in at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, technology uh, has come just a little bit uh, away from from early CGI inserts. Yeah, when we can make people that look like real people in movies and video games, it's pretty incredible. Uh, so speaking of incredible, I got a whole bunch of like random um, bits of trivia that happened from the movie. Um, let's see, and we'll go after that in just a hot second. What's up, y'all? This is Nate Hampton, also known as Cousin Nate. Got myself a new SoundCloud up and running. Would appreciate the likes, the listens, the follows, and all that good stuff. If you like up-tempo... Fast-paced mixes, this is the place for you. Also going to have a lot more mixes coming up real soon. So give it a follow. It's www.soundcloud.com slash cousin underscore Nate. Thank you so much. While you're listening to this ad, I'd like you to look down. Now look back up. Are you wearing an awesome shirt that says Team Ryan O? Or a shirt with a duck with a... Cup spilled over that says party foul? Are you also wearing a really cool button that says did you know with Ryan O? Or a hat that says team Ryan O? Or I know Ryan O? Well, if you're not doing any of those things, you should be. And you can do so 
by going to zazzle.com slash store slash did you know with Ryan O. That's right, folks. I have my own merchandise shop and you can buy all sorts of amazing awesomeness pertaining to this podcast and show your love by once again going to zazzle.com slash store slash did you know with Ryan O. Wear it, share it, love it. And now back to our show. All right, so some of the awesome, fun things that we found. Um, Gareth Edwards said he came up with the planet name of Scarif after ordering a coffee at Starbucks, and they um, misspelled it um, Scarif as opposed to Gareth. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. So thank you, Starbucks, for giving us the Game of Thrones coffee cup and, uh, and the planet name in Star Wars. Let's see, we also got um, Coruscant was um, seen in the background of Jen Erso's flashback to her childhood when her father was working for the Republic. Oh, yeah. Not Republic, is, Empire. Yep, because it is very reminiscent of uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin's adventures on Coruscant in Attack of the Clones. It uh, looks like one of the hotels that uh, they were hanging around in. Yeah, um, especially like the area where they're trying to buy death sticks. Yes, yes. Um, they also said that nearly none of the footage and dialogue in the original trailer made it into the final theatrical cut because of all of the film's extensive reshoots. Yeah, I'm curious. I would love to see what some of the original ideas were. I'm really happy with what we got. Even but, um, Saw Guerrero's line, what will you become? Yeah, that's true. That's not in the, uh, in the original. There are some scenes that were similar to the trailer, but like modified. It seemed like like uh, Jin staring down the TIE fighter uh, at the end of the platform when she's trying to upload the data. Mm -hmm. Instead of staring down a TIE fighter, the TIE fighter just shoots the platform. It, you know, so subtle similar. things. Yeah. Apparently, uh, there's a hidden Mickey for all of you Disney fans out there. Um, during the Battle of Scarif, an exploding fighter ship plumes smoke in the shape of Mickey Mouse's head around the one hour and 45 minute mark. I'm going to have to look that one up. <laughs> uh, another thing. So Darth Vader's outfit. All right. They modeled it directly um, after the, the New Hope because there's a big difference between New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. That's true. Yeah, the, the suit did change, change a little bit. And, and so some of the big differences as I got from an image right here in front of me um let's see there was a chain that was added mm -hmm. to his necklace or his yeah, cloak the, yeah to hold the cloak to make it look like that's what's holding the cloak on as opposed to like so like the, the breastplate wasn't even fully developed until the second movie because mm -hmm. yeah you just see the the torso light bright in the original movie and uh, and a little bit of armor up near shoulders, but not. It's more just like a puffy vest, more or less than than an actual armor plate. Yeah, and and so a lot of his shoulders were were covered by the cloak in A, a New Hope, and then mm -hmm. in um, in Empire, his shoulders are basically super prominent as he's in his like attack poses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in, in Empire, he did a little bit more saber swinging than he did in A New Hope. 
So what else do we got here? I'm trying to look at the image. Um, let's see. There's a bit. I feel like there's a difference at the base of the helmet, like the neck area. It's slightly different. Yes, it's more protruding as opposed to um, tucked in. Yeah. That's yeah. the difference that stood out the most to me because I was like, it's got more neck piece going on. <laughs> and and it, it seems like it's more like a black dress shirt that has all this stuff added to it as opposed to in the other one, it looks like it's like um, pleather material. Mm-hmm. Like a pleather yeah. ruffled shirt. Yeah. Even the gloves. Well, I didn't notice the gloves before. Um, the gloves I noticed in in Rogue Rogue One because they have like a little stripe pattern on them. Okay. As opposed to Empire, where it's less stripe, more, more just like thick motorcycle gloves. Gotcha. So he up he upped his leather game in uh, in Empire, <laughs> which is a big difference to when they showed him. Um, next to um, Palpatine in the Revenge oh, yeah. of the Sith, where he still got those like shackles around his wrist, and he's like, "No!" no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he had to, you know, it's Anakin. He has <laughs> it's still Anakin in the suit. He has he has to give it his own sense of flair, and that'll evolve over time. Because <laughs> uh, nobody's dramatic like Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's probably just grumpy because he still has sand up his butt. <laughs> and speaking of Anakin and drama, in his in his hallway scene, as he's mowing down rebel troopers, he even takes time to turn off the lights on his suit to hide in the dark and then just ignite his saber. Which is epic. Yes. <laughs> or it seems like he uses his um, his cloak to cover his own chest. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's dark. Can't tell. I've, it could be either one. I feel like Anakin would just be that extra <laughs> to do that. Yeah, like, I'm just going to hide. Okay, hold your breath. Ready? Yeah. All right, <laughs> go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that scene is probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. Just because it's like we're finally seeing Vader at full power. Yeah, and so like you almost wish that his fight with Obi Wan was kind of done to make it look a little bit more hardcore, as opposed to just like super tired old men. Yeah, yep. Let's see, let's see. So there are nine. So there were ten Star Wars films. Only two characters to appear in all, but so actually technically nine. Yeah, ten. R two D two and C three PO. Mm-hmm. Because Anakin yeah, and Vader every... appear in seven, Leia's in six, Luke, Yoda, and Han are in five. Okay. No, yeah, because Leia shows up in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And no Luke. Yeah. Well, no Luke's at the end. So, so we technically get, let's see, the three plus the three. So technically it's seven. I guess when this thing was written... It was written pre-Rise of Skywalker. Oh, okay. Got it. That checks out. Yeah. So at the time the movie came out, that was. And so and then the music, of course, was uh, Michael Giacchino because um, John Williams was busy. Yep. So we have Star Wars with a twist. I love it. I actually love his music. 
Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the soundtrack for Rogue One. And then it makes me want to just go listen to the Incredibles soundtrack as well. <laughs> Which, The Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four movie I've ever seen. It is. That's the only one that matters. Yeah, because Rise of the Silver Surfer was absolute Ooh. garbage. Yeah, I heard that. Well, that's a whole other discussion, but apparently they're going to try again with the Fantastic Four. Yes, they are. MCU Rumor is it's now. 2023. All right. Hey, maybe maybe we'll be able to go to the movie theater by then. Uh, by by then, I bet you could just spend 40 bucks and just own it right now. <laughs> yeah, it'll be downloaded into our brain at that point. Yeah, clicking on this thing right here, um, all they show is the four. Yep. Hey, it's all. I mean, honestly, it's already a better movie than the other ones because the logo looks cooler. It super looks cooler. Let's see. It's the same guy, John Watts. There we go. Because <laughs> John Watts did all the Spider Men's. Oh, okay. Yeah. That checks out. Uh, let's see. Even this current one that they're supposedly supposed to film that comes oh, out yeah. at the end of this year. Oh, the third, third in the um, current Spider-Man. I'm calling series. it Spider-Man um, Spider-Verse. Yeah, Spider-Man Peter Tingle. Yes, some Peter Tingle. The Peter Tingle trilogy. <laughs> Peter Peter <laughs> Tingle sounds so dirty. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So if that one comes out in 2022, so then Fantastic Four might come out at 2024 in theory. There you go. Yeah, everything, everything's getting pushed back. Because the next one to come out is Black Widow. Okay. When when is that one? Um, it's it's out? moved its thing sixteen times. So yeah, I know. I can't. I can't keep track anymore. Going back to IMDb, which is my favorite um, website for for like all of our stuff for Star Wars, because I basically went through the thing on Wikipedia. And then check out IMDb for like trivia and boom. Um, I, I do love the trivia and goof section on uh, IMDb. Oh, it's great. Let's see. We got um, May 7th. All right. We will see if that still stays true. <laughs> and it's supposed to happen between Civil War and Infinity War. Okay. But in the Star Wars universe, um, let me type in Star Wars movies. Sorry, Star Wars release dates for the future projects. Um, Mm -hmm. Coming up, we get Star Wars The Bad Batch. Yep. Which is based off of the Clone Wars. I think we're getting a... And they had the backdoor pilot of the Bad Batch in the most recent season of Clone Wars. So we... it was great seeing the the last season with with Ahsoka and all those. Oh, it, it was great. That was that was a great way to finish off that series. Now I feel like the Clone Wars can officially be wrapped up because the Clone Wars that season takes place almost simultaneously as Revenge of the Sith because it ends with Order sixty six. Mm-hmm. And we get we get closure for the clones. Well, mostly closure for the clones. And uh, well, you also get more cl- closure in um, in Rebels because you get to see Rex again. Mm-hmm. Yes, and man, I wish I wouldn't have slept on Rebels for so long. I finally watched it this past year, and 
I was like, why did I not watch this early? Oh yeah, like th- three years ago, I I binged it and caught up, and it was like like a, simultaneously, it was brilliant. Like then I realized it was ending at the same time, and I got super bummed. <laughs> I was like, I got to the end of it. I'm like, wait, there's gonna be more, right? Oh wait, this came out. Oh, <laughs> tell me more about Ezra. What about Ahsoka? Come on. Yeah. That's Thank a, God. We, we also got a now. yeah with the book of Boba Fett coming out in December. Yes, um, Boba's back in a big way. <laughs> we got Ahsoka coming out next year. Mm-hmm. Rangers then, of the New Republic, whatever that's going to be. Yeah, still not quite sure what that one's going to be. It, it, maybe it's about those guys who are patrolling um, the outer rim in X wings. I mean, I'm all for that. It's going to be like Walker, Texas Space Ranger. I'm in. Uh, and then Andor, which is a prequel series to Rogue One. So we get a lot more of Cassian. Hey, tying back into our actual topic. Hooray. <laughs> you know, I, I take a couple swings, but I eventually get there. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that we will get our sassy robot companion back for that for that TV show as well. So we'll have the adventures of Cassian and K2, which I was worried. I was like, man, we gotta, if we're having a Cassian show, we gotta have K2. If they're smart, they'll also add in some Kanan. Mm-hmm. Yes, tie back to Rebels as well. I feel like Kanan and Cassian would get along pretty well. Or, um, what's her name, Hera? Mm-hmm. Oh, Captain Sandula, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah. If we get a Kanan and Hera like episode, like we got an Ahsoka episode in Mandalorian, woo! That would be great. Like, like as be... an as a young Kanan, mm-hmm. like like five years before he loses his eyesight. Yeah, still seeing Kanan back when he was a little bit pre Ezra, pre trying to be like you know. A good Jedi Kanan. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we also got Obi Wan Kenobi coming out. We don't probably sometime in twenty twenty two, early twenty twenty three. Complete with Hayden Christensen. Uh, we also get the Acolyte, which I don't know anything about. That one is going to be tied into the new book series, Extravaganza: of The High Republic Era. So High Republic. Uh, tell me more about this High Republic. The High Republic is uh, a new book and comic initiative, apparently now with TV show, going to be set in the Legends series of books. It was back in the the far old Republic, but it's kind of retconning all of that, the beginning of the Sith, and uh, true, it's going to be more of a high fantasy setting, a little bit more magic-y, knight-y, uh, Jedi doing very Jedi things. So, so probably like uh, 200 years before Phantom Menace or something. At least, we also will see young Yoda, not not baby, like as in Grogu, but uh, like young adult Yoda who's ready and raring to go. <laughs> well, yeah, because he's probably he's only the, 500 years old. Like, yeah, two two three hundred years old maybe. Maybe 500. But yeah, this is like... I'm trying to remember the exact... Uh, when is High Republic set? 
uh, it's at least a, it's a few hundred years before at least. Okay. And apparently, also in two years. Um, oh, there you go. It's three hundred years before the Battle of Yavin. There you go. Okay. So that's not that bad. So yeah, that's that's at least two hundred and fifty years before Anakin Skywalker is born. There you go. Yep, because Yoda was born in. 896 years before the Battle of Yavin. So he'll be, yeah, right about 500. There you go. And so 800 years, that's like right after Revan. Mm-hmm. Because Revan was yes. like uh, was like a thousand years before the, the Battle of, of Yavin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's not, the High Republic isn't going all the way back to Revan and all the, the ancient Sith Lords and all that, but in a time in between then and current Star Wars lore. <laughs> canon Star Wars lore, I guess. And the final thing about canon Star Wars lore is Rogue Squadron, directed by Patty Jenkins, coming out December 2023. And just when our, our, we were excited about Rogue One, now we're going to get actual Rogue Squadron fighter pilot movie, which, oh, I'm excited. It's, it's going to take be... place between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Black. It's going to be pretty awesome. So... Maybe we'll get some Wedge Antilles action and some other Wes Jansen and all those other great but, but, side characters from. We're not getting Porkins, though. No, Porkins didn't make it out of <laughs> New Hope, so. Mm-mm. But uh, Wes and Hobby and all these other names that I know because I really like the X Wing novel series. Which is a good read out of the Legends series of books. The only thing I know about Rogue Squadron was that video game that came out in 1998. Yes, I still have my N64 copy. It's still a great game. <laughs> I think they tried to um, redo it and and throw it up on on like EA's or um, Lucas Arts bundles pack. Mm-hmm. There is a PC version, yeah. It still still checks out. There's also the sequels, Rogue Squadron 2, Rogue Leader, and uh, Rogue, there is there is another sequel on GameCube as well. Well, those two both are on GameCube. I forget what the third one is called, but there is a Rogue Squadron 3 as well. And it probably has Zev in it too. Zev Ooh. Seneska is a character. I just looked it up here. Oh, yeah, Zev Seneca. Okay. Yeah, he's a uh, not Zeb from Rebels, different character. Different, so, yeah. Yep, yep. No, no Aurelios. No, and then they also like so. Then going into um, like Empire. By the time you get to that one, you get you get Dak, mm-hmm. uh, Kit, yes. um, Wes Jansen, and Kesson. All right, so they are gonna reuse. They're going to actually keep some of the same characters. That's good to know. I hope so. We'll see. Or they might like join up at the end of the movie because, like I said, yeah. it takes place in between. Um, yeah. And speaking of Star Wars video games, I've been playing um, Knights of the Old Republic 2 on my phone while I'm on break at work. <laughs> we now live in a day and age where you can play KOTOR any time. <laughs> and Anywhere. both of them. Just not the one. Both of them. Both of them. <laughs> how how is it on mobile? Is it does it work out pretty good? It's it's pretty much the exact same. Um, the hard part is like trying to you can't really look 
like up and down, which didn't really matter because the game was was super linear anyways. It was basically forward, backwards, left and right. Mm-hmm. And it, and it keeps uh, the traditional aspects of it. Um, and I always loved two versus one because one story was amazing. Two's gameplay was amazing. Much like uh, <laughs> in the ways of any good game series, Mass Effect 1 gameplay versus Mass Effect 2 gameplay. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, you have Dragon Age, which all three of them, their gameplay was great, but 2's story suffered amazingly. Yeah. So... But yeah, Kotor games are always good to good to go back to. And so in this and one, you can I'm go playing, back whenever you want. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing the Exile and doing it light, and then once I beat it, I'll probably go back and do everything dark, so I can be a super rich bounty hunter. Nice. And then you know, go back play something else, and then hey, time to be light again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so based on all of this information, since we are coming towards an end of the episode. Um, what should our question of the episode be? Our question of the episode. All right. Because um, last question was what what suit? Yeah, like what, 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 what's what favorite costumes and stuff? Favorite costumes. Um, let's see. What? Ooh. If you could live on any planet in anything what would it be if you could live on any planet on anything so like anything anything like any sci-fi universe or fantasy universe what's your favorite place to live (laughs) gotcha so if you could live on a different fantasy planet including um sci-fi planet what would it be love it awesome um, so if you want to answer that question, you can do so by checking us out on Facebook, Did You Know with Ryan O. You can also check us out on Twitter at Did You Know Ryan O. Or just shoot us an email, Did You Know Ryan O at gmail.com. Thank you once again, sir, for joining me in this epic Star Wars discussion. I think next time we'll have to talk about uh, A New Hope. There we go. We're getting into the, uh, the bread and butter of Star Wars. Always great to be on the show. It might be a two-hour conversation next time. (laughs) We could go all day. (laughs) Or we might just break it up into two episodes. Who knows? We'll find out once we get there. It'll be good trips. It will be good trips. So for those of us here, to those of you out there, we hope that you find your awesome, hold on to it, and share it with the world. I've been Ryan O, and we'll see you next time.